Greetings and salutations to all the nations. This is your boy, BB, the ultimate optimist, the man who is dashing and has that voice charm that you so desire. All right, so hopefully you guys are doing well. Hopefully you guys are okay during this pandemic. So today I got a returning guest on the show. You guys heard his collaboration with me a few months ago, I believe it was in February. And we talked about vintage wear and reselling and repurposing and all that sort of stuff and he's back once again but before we do that before we get into the introduction what I'm going to do is just go over the pledges that we normally go over on the show so make sure you guys leave a five-star review for your boy DD on Apple iTunes also 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 make sure you check out this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use so whether it be iTunes, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Google Podcasts, you know, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is cool. Just make sure you do so, all right? And last but not least, if you enjoy the show, make sure you share this on whatever social media platform that you so choose to use. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Just share it and then follow me, underscore DD, the swap kid 15. Now let's get into this with the special... Uh, guest today, my boy David. Yo, what's up, man? Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. I feel like I feel like I'm taking, you, you know, hogging all the 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 you know the podcast here. But <laughs> gotcha. all right. So we we known each other for a few months now. So for those who don't know you, just give your whole spiel on what you do. Yeah, um, I run a couple of vintage clothing stores in Toronto, and um, and yeah, I mean, there's nothing really much, you know, about the vintage clothing industry. Just sell used clothing, cool used clothing, of course, essential pieces that people like and exactly are into. So, David, how are you coping with this whole pandemic going on? Yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, you know, that's a question that uh, everyone uh, is asking themselves, asking each other. And personally, um, I feel okay because uh, prior to the pandemic, I really had a very, very busy schedule. And, you know, like I would work from morning till sometimes 8, 9 p.m. And um, I feel like this pandemic really allowed me to rest my body, not only physically, but mentally. And... Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get into it uh, later, but uh, we have changed uh, our business model uh, in order to adapt to this uh, pandemic. So everything overall, I can't complain. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, where can they find you guys on social media? Yeah, so like I said, uh, I run two uh, separate um, uh, vintage clothing companies. One is at final touch vintage on instagram and the other one is at vintage depot canada also on instagram okay awesome 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 so today we're going to be talking about obviously the issue with the pandemic that we're dealing with but mainly we're talking about how the vintage industry has changed and how is it changing and why should we buy local so getting into the first part 
what do you think has changed so far during this pandemic regarding the vintage um, industry and buying and selling? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, as you know, um, the government has announced that all businesses that aren't essential um, will be closed. And, um, you know, most of the retails, uh, including some restaurants, have closed down. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't have the foot traffic anymore. So we had to turn to, um, you know, the Internet world. And, you um, we, we actually opened our uh, very first eBay account uh, about a month ago now, right? When, when the pandemic started. And uh, okay. so far, it's been really good. Um, you know, we have, it's very interesting to see where customers are ordering from. And believe okay. it or not, we have a lot more UK customers than U- US and Canada compi- combined. And the shipping fee is very high, but we're, we're happy to move the items. And okay. um, I think... You know, speaking for the rest of the people uh, that are in the reselling business, I think that they are also turning to either social media or, you know, the the platforms that I mentioned, you know, eBay and you have the Etsy. And yeah, I think, yeah, that that change, that's the biggest change so far. Hello? you know, where they're actually buying from. And believe it or not, we have a lot more UK and Australian customers than US and Canada combined. And, um, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone that's reselling, but I I think that they're turning to social media or, or like I said, eBay or Etsy just to kind of adapt to the situation. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned how England and Australia are some of your top sales more so than domestic and our next door neighbors in the United States of America. Are there any reasons why you think that's the case or you're not a hundred percent sure? Yeah, I, I don't, I can't say that I'm a hundred percent sure, but I think that the American fashion, um, you know, influence has a big part. And, um, okay. you know, for, for example, um, I've been getting a lot of Nike orders. And if you kind of look at the trend right now, and actually we talked about this, uh, you know, our first podcast. So if you haven't listened, yeah. go back to it and listen. But anyways, um, Travis Scott is a big, Travis Scott and Drake is a big uh, ambassador for the, the brand Nike. And yeah. and I think that the, the customers from UK and Australia is looking at the North American fashion and being okay. really fascinated by that. And, because there's no uh, supply that's uh, derived in the UK itself, um, you know, most of the the, the products are going to be in the North America, which is why mm-hmm. I think that uh, we have more European and Australian customers. Okay. So, yeah, it does make sense regarding Travis Scott and Drake. And I think a lot of it has to come 
to grips when you're talking about Travis Scott because he's changing the game as far as uh, the Nike SUVs and stuff and trying to bring that back into uh, streetwear or just fashion in general. So speaking of uh, the whole industry and how it's changing, would you say that this has hindered you guys in one sense or has it benefited you more by able being able to reach so many people? Um, I think that, um, in anything you do, uh, and I don't want to stray off the topic too much, but I think that in any effort you, you put into your business, it's going to be beneficial. And, um, especially, uh, during these times, because we're utilizing more of the online, um, features and online, um, uh, services, we are able to capture those that haven't, uh, found us through just you know um, uh, you know walk bys or walk ins what have you so yeah it's it's very beneficial and I'm like I said again um, in anything you do for your business it's going to be beneficial well very well very well so I think from what I'm hearing so far it's been beneficial to you guys and to your company and I think it's actually a better thing in certain areas because now you're being able to reach people that normally couldn't come to your store if they can't afford a flight to Canada, right? Exactly. And also, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, one good thing is that we don't have to deal with shoplifters and God bless our customers. (laughs) A lot of our customers are great. God bless their soul, right? But you have those bad apples and you don't have to deal with that, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's also true. I didn't even know, like, obviously I wouldn't know because I don't own a store, but that's a good point. I never even thought of that. That's really good insight. Oh, yeah. So what ha- So what has changed as far as um your business model regarding, like, um, shipping and what you have done to mitigate the risks of COVID-19? Yeah, our store is completely shut down. Um, and uh, we're, you know, utilizing the the internet world to generate revenue. And um, we have this um, going, you know, talk about shipping. We have this great company called chit chats. Uh, I think everyone should okay. use their services. So basically they um, they're the middleman for, you know, UPS and the FedExes, and uh, they tr- find you the cheapest rate possible. And another great feature is that, they'll actually pick up the packages for you. And sure, it does have service cost, but I think, yeah. you know, uh, it keeps our employees safe. It keeps us safe from going out. So overall, man, like, it's been really good. I can't really complain. Okay, so they will just pretty much pick it up and deliver it to whatever postal company that you guys are using, correct? Exactly, like more or less. So so, uh, so Canpar is actually a partner with Chit Chats. So Canpar okay. actually picks up all of uh, Chit Chats clients' packages and Canpar drops them off at the, one of Chit Chats' uh, headquarters and then they'll process it. And then Chit Chats will be the one to, uh, you know, delegate the, you know, the packages. Okay. Hopefully, the listeners right now, you guys are taking some notes. If Take notes, man. In this, because he's dropping gems for you guys. Trust me. No, and and also, right. I, I, you know, I love, you know, giving out advice to a certain degree. And this shipping has been passed down from someone else, uh, one of my uh, people that I know, and and uh, you know, that's why I'm more open to sharing these kind of information. 
Interesting. That's very good, though. Yeah, man. So if some people wouldn't even give it away, like this is good information. Yeah, right? and it is a good. It is a game changer, man. Um, you save so much on uh, local postage, um, and especially yeah. U.S. So just to give you an idea, okay. Um, before when I've used uh, Canada Post before knowing about chit chats, uh, shipping yeah. a T-shirt to say U.S. and and different parts of the U.S. is different cost, but let's just keep it simple. Uh, it'll be. Uh, 12 or anywhere from 12 to 15 bucks. Okay. Now okay. I'm paying a fraction of that cost at around six, $7. So you do your math. It's a saving around five mm-hmm. to $7. And you know, the, when the packages add up, it's the cost really, really adds up. Okay. So would you suggest, for example, mm-hmm. I don't uh, own a business per se, yeah. but what I do and my spare time and some people are following the same boat as me they just sell what they have what they're not using just to make some uh, quick money a good profit would you suggest we use chicha as well or just use the regular postal service yes i would definitely uh advise that you create an account with chit chats okay and uh i believe yeah. they have one two three maybe five locations across the gta one being downtown one in pickering one in Mississauga. So, uh, yes, I mean, compared to Canada Post, you know, there's Canada Post every block you, you know, you, you, you know, you go to, but, you know, chit chats, you will save uh, money definitely long term. Um, and, and also to mention, um, yeah, that's, I think that's a really great idea to get rid of any stuff that you don't need because, you know, one, you, you'll make money. Secondly, you're recycling the item. Thirdly, you'll find a, the, the new owner that, you know, has a dire need for that item, right? Exactly. Good point. Good point. So speaking of which, I know that we talked about this off air and whatnot, but why should people start flocking towards buying local? Yeah. So, oh, why do you think people uh, started uh, buying not local and the bigger companies? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's really simple because, you know, now, um, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, guilty of that myself, but you have great companies like Amazon and, you know, with their great customer service and I'm a prime member myself. So what that means is prime members get uh, free shipping and sometimes one or two day shipping. So when you need something, when you order it, it'll come next day. So, you know, that convenience factor kicks in. So, and the price uh and you know that's why not a lot of people are willing to overspend uh at their local shops it's very sad but i believe it's it's a survival survivor of the fittest and what i mean by that is whoever does it better gets the biscuit yeah exactly all right so why also like should people instead of like buying outside, for example, I don't know, like maybe buying Nike from the States or not. Why should they support local businesses at this time? Um, that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good idea, like idea in itself to support the local. But again, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I can't speak, you know, I can't speak for everyone. And, and uh, there's kind-hearted people out there who, who don't mind spending a few bucks here and there more just to, you know, yeah. just to have an idea of, hey, I'm 
supporting the local business and keeping them afloat. But at the end of the day, like going back to your previous question, I think that whoever does it better, they will get the business, unfortunately. Yeah. That's the only thing that that's tough. But what are some suggestions that you can give to some people listening to this? Yeah. Yeah. So the currently currently owning a local business. Right. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things like th- this can be a whole segment itself, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, yeah. So first is, um, I guess, great customer service. Um, you know, you okay. I hear stories all the time of customers uh, complaining that some sellers are, you know, putting them on read, uh, giving them a short uh, answer, reply like, hey, do you have this? No, that's it. You know, that's not... You know, sure, it's it's an Instagram yeah. account. I get it. It's kind of informal, but you still have to, if you want to succeed, you have to give that customer uh, service. Secondly, I would exactly. say, uh, look at your prices and your price points and, and um, you know, kind of like I'll delve a little bit into it. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what factors of price is obviously the uh, sourcing. And, you know, a lot of kids I know, they go to local thrift stores. And as you know, uh, thrift stores. Yeah are not cheap nowadays so so then i understand that they do have to mark it up but but in order to move the items and sell it you have to compete with the pricing so i would suggest that you look you compare prices uh, either on ebay or your local kijijis or the the facebook markets and adjust your price Mm -hmm. and thirdly i would just say don't give up just keep going keep posting and then you know nothing happens overnight so just try to keep the traction going and uh and yeah don't give up all right awesome because for me what draw me to your store particularly is the customer service because i inquired about a few items and then you were very polite when you said that you didn't have it in stock and then we started talking outside of that and we started to become more like uh closer as friends right so it's good and i like how you said that first instead of just saying make sure you're efficient what you did is make sure you're a personal person make sure that you actually care for people who are putting money into your 100 percent. and and uh, i'll just add uh one more thing to that um you know a lot of people look at short term so you know they they think that one customer if it doesn't work out with them whether you know it's because they didn't have the stock or the person thought the price was too too high whatever whatever the case may be the deal didn't go through but they forget to realize the big picture and the big picture now is that the person you're talking to probably has friends, probably has friends and family yeah. and you know the your reputation is going to be based on a lot of the word of mouth and and I, yes i know the it's now an internet society there's reviews online but time after time mm-hmm. word of mouth is a lot stronger in my experience so uh so my point yeah. is just treat every customer like they have a big olive branch and that those other olives may come back to you in the long term yo that's a bar that i appreciate bar. that it's the truth it is the truth because how you treat your customers or people who might not even be your customer that are just browsing, how you treat them is basically when you go to a store, what I've been yes. told is that you're going for a purpose and for a reason, right? And even if the store doesn't fulfill your needs, 
the experience matters. Exactly. You got it, man. It has to matter because, for example, say you go to a bad restaurant and then they, the food doesn't taste good and the servers are rude. You're going to go either write a review on Yelp that's negative or tell people that you know when they bring up that restaurant's name never to go there exactly. That. So I like how you... Yeah, and that. also uh, because it's such a, a social media-driven society now, you never know if that woman that you just uh, told her to F off has 10K followers. Yeah. You just don't know, right? So, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it in a way where you should be constantly reminded and just consciously think about that, but I'm just saying, like, that could happen, right? And that's the reason why you should treat every customer re- with respect. And, uh, yeah, I know. And, and listen, I know it's hard. You know, you have those... Mm-hmm. Sorry to say this, but you have those Karens and your, you know, Brads out there. <laughs> no offense to all the Karens and Brads. You guys are wonderful. Oh, hey, I didn't make the Yo, If stereotypes. you don't get it, I didn't make the right. stereotypes. But uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Just, right. So overall, just treat people with respect. That's it. Simple. Simple. Plain. So would you say now that for the situation that we're currently in, how have you guys... Uh, advanced regarding your customer service like what routes have you taken because you're not in person as much as you normally yeah um so uh we currently don't really do active um customer service and what i mean by that is that we don't Mm -hmm. you know necessarily like you know reach out until we get uh an inquiry or uh um you know a, a customer that have purchased and they're wondering where their package is for example yeah uh, and um, just just different little questions, and we we try to uh, respond quickly, and we are able to do that now as we are mostly at home or at the office. Uh, so I think that's one of the ways where we've revamped and kind of reinvented ourselves in terms of customer service. Okay, okay, that's fair. And uh, regarding um efficiency, because this is a good. Um, component that most people like is if you go to starbucks dave do you go to starbucks sometimes brother i would never pay over three dollars for a cup of coffee but two each is on (laughs) i don't go there either because man i don't even understand what's on the menu i don't know the difference between a venti and a grande can i I confess so So. my first experience i think i was in high school uh in grade uh nine i think i might be wrong maybe grade 10 Anyways, I went in and, uh, you know, me, you know, me being first time there, I didn't know, like you said, there's the menus all fancy and whatever. So I'm like, uh, hi, can I get a large coffee? And they're like, "Uh, you mean venti? Like, I remember that so vividly. And (laughs) and from there, it was over. Like, it's just like, listen, come on. You like, you know what I mean? Just be like, yes, sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah exactly you don't need to be listen but but that's just one off occasion it was that one person but uh it's just the price point man like i I like although i like their like i I forgot what it's called it's something raspberry lemon uh smoothie like with ice i love that i will pay 20 dollars for that but everything else no (laughs) everything else no i mean i guess like we said before it's the experience why a Mm -hmm. lot of people like it you get your name on the cup they're for the most part they're pretty friendly people uh but would you say that what i did notice about them they're very efficient and very helpful so what are some of the ways that you 
because I know sometimes the packages may delay. What are the things that or precautions that your company takes in order to, to ship the products that we're fishing? Yeah, like um, so before this uh, pandemic, we actually were selling here and there online with uh, social media inc- included. And, uh, you know, we would we wouldn't have a online team. So it'll be managed by uh, one or two people that are working at the store. So our package has been going out probably once every three, four days. Now, uh, you know, you were shipping out the the next day, which is really helping with our uh, brand image. Uh, And most of our reviews actually includes uh, fast shipping. Thank you. So yeah, that's that's one of the things we've been improving and uh, adapting to. Okay, so do you actually guys get offers for express shipping and whatnot, or yeah, just, just regular? regular. I, I don't think that um, uh, yeah, I, for myself, it's clothing, right? I mean, unless you're going to a party, yeah. like I'm sure after this pandemic, um, some of the clothing, uh, you know, clients will choose the express shipping, but you know, everyone's staying put yeah. home. I don't think they'll. They want to wear that Nike hoodie right, like right away. <laughs> right away, exactly. All right. So I know that you mentioned last time about how sourcing mm-hmm. works and how you guys pick uh, certain mm-hmm. items. Now, in order to sell them, right, you have to make sure that they're uh, steamed, everything's clean, everything's crisp into perfection or as close to perfection. So what are some of the platforms you would say is the best in order to sell like free via social media? Say they don't have an eBay account or they don't have an Etsy account. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, we do our best. Uh, we What we actually do is when we, once we purchase the, um, the products, when we bring it to the store, uh, we do make sure um, things are steamed if they need be and uh, washed. And then... Um, your second uh, part of that question, um, I think uh, from my experience, uh, eBay or Etsy is probably a good one. There's also Grailed. I know some of my friends have had some success on Grailed uh, and also Depop. Mm-hmm. But I, I emphasize eBay and Etsy more because um, it's like any it's it's common sense. It's like anything. If you have a retail and a storefront, a physical location. Like when you before you open, yeah. where do you want to you know look to open your store where there's high traffic, uh, you know, dense in population. Mm-hmm. So using that same logic, eBay and Etsy probably has the most, if not the most, uh, uh, users, active users uh, in the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, the the fees to to open you know or to list and to sell it is going to be a little bit higher than your uh, the the smaller guys like Depop, but I think if you if you just yeah. tell yourself hey I'm just paying high premium rent you know downtown Toronto I think uh, that'll make sense yeah okay so like I've used Depop and I use Grail sometimes and I think Grail it's pretty good so far i haven't had any complaints but i think when it comes to grilled it's better when you have for example hype items and designer items because they move faster than uh vintage wear from what yeah I've seen, you know so. what actually that's a really good point you made because uh i've mentioned all those um platforms but i i from my experience uh, i think certain platforms are suitable for you know um suitable to upload 
than the other. So for instance, um, like a vintage uh, wool rich uh, flannel shirt. I don't think you'd want to post on yeah. uh, Grailed uh, because like you mentioned, uh, most of the users there are a younger crowd and they're looking for a hype piece. So that wool rich piece will yeah. be really good on eBay. Um, and uh, I know the uh, Depop, a, a lot of uh, female users on that. And um, a lot of okay. uh, women's clothing are good on Depop as well. So yeah, there's a little bit of, you know, little mix and match here and there. Okay, so you're saying it would you have to be more strategic in yes. which? Okay, all right, that makes a lot of sense because because what I was doing is I was selling I was putting a lot of things on grilled and I noticed a lot of the items that would move or would be the high end fashion for those who are into that and some of my sneakers, but I did sell more sneakers on uh, yeah, eBay. Yeah, well. uh, f- sneakers are really good on eBay as well. Okay. So would you say that for your store specifically, do you guys look into footwear or is it mainly just uh, Yeah, I think uh, we've had a lot of success in clothing for now and, uh, you know, personally speaking, I don't have very much um, expertise in uh, footwear. So, um, you know, we were going to okay. stick to clothing and clothing is very abundant full right now so you know that's where we're gonna stick to our strengths that makes a lot of sense to me uh i would say uh for those who are interested in footwear you there's many youtubers out there that can explain how the oh wow it's a deep hole man you guys (laughs) are thinking yeah it's it's a big hole like i'm just because i was always a speaker head growing up and whatnot but uh, when it came to vintage wear, I'm fairly new. That's why I usually ask you questions because you're more of course an expert Ask the I way. Am. But so I'm saying. So regarding the vintage wear and getting and acquiring clothing, what are some key factors should people look for if they want to yeah. sell? Um, I actually. That's funny that you asked because uh, I was actually trying to improve my reselling skills. So I went online. I uh, typed in how to improve sales in eBay and stuff like that. And one of the, uh, I forget which uh, eBay seller it was, but it was a lady. And she was saying that, um, you know, there's, if there's one thing that she would tell herself, knowing what she knows now, back when she started selling, is that mm-hmm. every item you come across, do your research. So, so when you go to your local thrift stores and you're a big Jersey person and, you know, you just go straight to the Jersey yeah. section browse there for like what five ten minutes and then if you don't find anything you just go home Mm -hmm. now if you do have more time i suggest you go through uh, most of the racks if you can and if you come across a certain piece certain style certain brand that you you had no idea of just just listen you have your phone on you just type in on google like hey like whatever like i don't know like levi's denim shirt and you'll you'll be surprised um what kind of margins you can make so so, yeah, don't sleep on any items. So that's what I would, uh, you know, advise people to do. Okay, definitely don't sleep. So you mentioned Nike, and Nike has been goaded. One, one thing that I did see, now this is more or less has to do with shoes, is that a lot of prices in Jordans have gone up since the whole... Bro, I haven't seen that yet. ...documentary has been going on no i'm going to Oh, really 
I do, yeah, but Netflix, this right? is my strategy. I'm waiting for the all the episodes to come because I don't want to wait. Like I want to binge watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because you know how like I don't know if you have Disney Plus. Because on Disney Plus they do the whole weekly thing. So I'm doing the same thing, except for uh, I think it's a Star Wars TV show. So yeah, I eh? just binge all of that. But I get I get what you're saying. That makes sense. But I've seen prices for Jordans go up. And I've seen a lot of people trying to get into more vintage Nike. Are there any other brands that you would suggest people look into or is just look for something? That yeah, I think, you know, fashion being very fluid, um, you know, if you look at the history, there's been many uh, brands that um, wasn't as popular and came back, you know, such as, you know, Champion, um, sometimes uh, even Starter. So, I would just say that, yeah, do your research and don't get fixated on one certain brand or a couple of brands. And like I said, keep doing your research and see what the market tells you. And always, always, always supply and demand. Exactly. So for Instagram, where most of your content goes, are there any... uh, strategies that you use for posting pictures and whatnot what would you suggest for people who want yeah so um when we first started we used to post everything flat laying down on the ground or on a table but um i think it was about five months ago when i uh, asked uh, my clients on instagram you know how you can do the question polls and i asked uh, a few things uh, a few things being Uh, Hey, do you want to keep DMing us to purchase or would you like a seamless transaction with a click? Um, Obviously, click, click, click. And then one thing was, uh, did you want to see the garment on a real person or a mannequin or lying flat on the ground? And I think it was 95% Mm -hmm. of people that said, I want to see how it looks like. So when I actually, uh, after doing that uh, little survey, uh, I started, uh, I don't know if you noticed, if you've been on my page recently, but I tried to post, uh, started posting a lot more of of uh, model shoots. And um, yeah, so I'm always, like, the thing about me is I always think backwards and I always think of as a consumer, sorry, consumer. Um, And I know a lot of guys out there are, trying to take shortcuts and do things that they want to do and what's comfortable for them. But I would suggest yeah. keep asking your customers and uh, what they want to see. Uh, because at the end of the day, you are a consumer once too. Like when you go to the store, you've thought of things that you don't like and some things that you like. So treat mm-hmm. that with respect and think backwards. Don't be lazy. That's a really good point. Never be lazy. You'll always try to do your homework for me when it comes to podcasting exactly. and YouTube. I looked at certain things where I could change there you it go, and brother. I add my own style, yeah. which because I like, like how you do with yours. Yeah, because me too. Uh, when I, I, I when I listen to podcasts, I, I, I can't see I, I'm terrible with memory. I can't even give references. But anyways, I've been I came across a few podcasts where yeah. in the beginning they would friggin' like talk about their sponsored whatever. I would just shut it off, right? So so, like, when I, I actually started the podcast, and, and you really inspired me to do this as well, and there's Gary Vee, and there's other people out there, but okay. I, I don't even do that. And yeah. eventually, maybe I would, but I would keep it really short. So, so you're right. Yeah. I, and it's good that you do your homework as well, and you 
I'm sure you pick out some points. Hey, maybe I'm not going to do that in my podcast because that annoyed me or it could annoy people. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of which, your podcast is let the people know. Oh, man, that's you put me on the spot here because I I have to uh, see what the actual channel is called. I think it's like chatting with Dave. But uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can get back to this. I'm just going to, you know, search up here uh, while we. Yeah, continue. Yeah, I'll just plug it in after. So, so, yeah, so Dave has talked about his podcast way back when, like a few months ago, and I've seen him post a few episodes, and he, I think it's really good. Uh, he's going to pull it up and explain it and whatnot, but going back to vintage wear and whatnot, I think if you guys are really interested in the vintage wear, I think it's a really good idea and it's a good experience because it's also, when I was talking to Earl and I was talking to Dave at their headquarters. A lot of it is you're recycling products, which is good for the environment first, right? So if I have an item that is really good and I don't make use of it more, instead of for me to just throw it away and put it in the garbage, it's better off for me to just sell it to somebody else who actually appreciates it more than I do and is willing to buy it for a decent price where I can get some money from it, whether it be break even or profit, and then they get the item that they want. So I think that this whole vintage wear is good. And I think we also talked about it on the last episode is that it can be a bit of a drag sometimes because some people have talked about how this could take away from people who can only afford mm-hmm. out of the thrift store and whatnot. Now, that can be uh, an issue, but I would say, in my opinion, that as long as you are genuinely going to the thrift stores and skewering through and making sure that you, you're doing it, whether it's for personal uh, stylings or you're just selling, I think that so long as you're not just rating it and just being selfish or maybe if what you could do to counteract that is you can donate some of your clothes yeah. that you don't use right so yeah yeah so, so chime in whenever uh, to be honest I, I don't know what the actual question was but i, I will mention something uh, going back to what you said about um you know people donating for the cause and whatnot but um, and listen, I don't want to get too, too deep yeah. into it, but on a surface level, it's hard to yeah. see the real effects of textile waste. So what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of us talk yeah. about the global warming and this and that, but be- I think that there's lack of action because we don't actually see the immediate effect. So for example, if I slap you, Darius, and which I'll never slap you, okay, because okay. you're my good friend. What, yeah. what are you going to do? If I slap you, it's going to hurt. So what are you going to do? Step yeah. back. So that wasn't cause and effect right away. Whereas if people uh, don't see yeah. and realize what the cause and effect is immediately, they wouldn't take action. So, so you know, why would someone, like, you know, choose to, um, you know, donate the clothing because they have an affirmation that, oh, yeah, if I, if I throw this in the garbage, the, the earth is going to stop moving. So that's where the problem is. And it's tough, Darius. Like, yeah. I, I think people just donate uh, because, yeah. you know, there's good people out there. They, they want to actually not go, to, you know, not yeah. let it go to waste. But there's others that 
are are it's it is what it is man like there's not enough awareness there's not enough like you know immediate effect for that to happen and um yeah i mean that's yeah. that's the tip I... of the iceberg man like and uh people and you mentioned something about people taking yeah, uh a chance away from other people i would say that it's always supply and demand and also yeah. uh, i don't know if you ever thought about it this way but there's a lot of time and um okay time and money that went into finding those pieces uh and i'm talking about resellers right um exactly. i personally have four to five pickers yeah. that go to the warehouses and i go in and check what they pick but that's you know labor uh and and another aspect would mm-hmm. be um the rarity of the item and a lot of people would look, frown upon me and say oh mm-hmm. you know that mickey what, what is that that's a t-shirt you know when it was sold at the actual store it was probably 20 bucks why are you charging me 40 50 to that i'm gonna say the rarity man like you can't find that unique piece so it's not like yeah, i'm being yeah. it's not that it's because you know there's a lot of factors overhead and yeah. the rarity so that's what i'll say about that i mean you're completely honest and I think you you mean well as a person who's doing the business and is a part of the culture as well. But I think like people, I've heard people say that, for example, when I watch YouTube videos of people who are into vintage wear and they said that that could be a predicament. But I look at it in an upside where it's like, yeah, they might only be able to afford stuff from the thrift store, but there's always going to be thrift stores and it's not like everybody's jumping in into vintage wear i think it's very few people who are willing to go into a thrift store and root in because like i've done it myself and it's a hard task it's not easy to find a specific piece in a decent position uh or a decent condition to sell like it's not an easy task i won't think it's like just go in there and pick it up right and there's also other ways for people who are unfortunately in a bad position are able to get certain products, right? So yeah, I think it's yeah. To keep it simple, really, I mean, just think yeah. of it this way: you're paying a personal shopper to shop for you, and there's a premium fee for that. Just just keep it simple like that. Don't just be fixated so much on the price and what they're yeah. charging. It's uh, they ha- like you said, they had to go, and you've I'm pretty yeah. sure you've done that before going around you know going through the racks it's not hard it's oh sorry it's not easy and it takes time and effort and and especially cost too i mean you know there's yeah let's not get into that because it's it's you know i could i could talk about valley village (laughs) yeah for the whole day i can get up there yeah i know because i got something from them too and it wasn't really reasonable but the thing is for me, what I do, what I would say to people who may have qualms with people reselling, I look at it another way, just like you did. The same time uh, that you would spend doing it yourself, you're like you said, you're paying someone to do it for you. So it's just like the same thing. You could make exactly. food yourself if you wanted to. There, but that's a perfect example, Uber bro. Eats, right? That's the same thing. The same, same logic, business. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Exactly, like, but I know people. Karen and okay, the Brad, Dave, whatever. You just keep your head up. Hey, Karen and the Brad, man, it's ridiculous. These I, days, I don't know. So people crazy. like to complain, but uh, you know? also, yeah. 
Oh yeah. You want to expound on that? No, it's okay. Ahead. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know a lot of people complain. Exactly. It's easier to complain though. Instead e- easy to be a keyboard call. warrior. It's way easier to do that. Oh, don't get me started about those guys, man. Exactly. Be a whole episode by two hours. All right, so continue. Oh, for sure, like you can go off for like a day. But um, one thing that you have inspired me on is the ability to create a brand or create uh an idea or a movement regarding vintage wear because when i think about vintage wear i think about guys like you guys like uh deadstock depot those people in toronto doing their thing who are going also not here but also there's some good vintage stores in the states you guys are inspiring a whole movement of young people who would rather resell or re or buy repurposed clothing instead of uh just flocking to the fast fashion like Forever 21 or ASOS or Uniqlo. Not that I have any qualms against those companies or going to the high luxury brands like Gucci. Like you guys are pretty much the forefront of a whole fashion. Yeah, movement. I mean, you know, like it's a long story, but I think I've told you in my first, in your first podcast, but it's something that I've join later in my life my parents have actually started the vintage depot i'm just sort of retuning refining their operations so you know a big part is the internet and social media aspect you know they just learned how to turn on a computer uh, last year um so yeah that's what i've been doing and i I think uh to be quite honest um you know i'm not there's there's a far more resellers out there who are actually passionate about fashion and and for me to be honest it's i see the supply and demand and um i just see that uh, also in a way that you know we are recycling clothing so yes i am helping out and um and one big project i'm very very excited to expand on is actually the rework industry um because i do come across a lot of pieces that uh needs uh, a little bit of cutting and and you know being made into a new piece uh instead of being thrown out so yeah that's what i'll say about that like mm-hmm. you know you you were just you know kind of rooting me on saying i'm the forefront and inspiration but i'll be honest darius yeah. it's, it's a lot because you know of the so, supply and demand uh i think though i think that though yeah. you will eventually interview someone else that are is actually very passionate and from you know, early on, they're actually really um, into fashion. Okay. Yeah, that's fire. But I would just say, like, even though mm-hmm. I'll use you as an example, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, no, please don't. I want a full experience. <laughs> please, please, bro. <laughs> All right. So I'll just use. Dude, oh, watch bro, Space Jam come before, on, right? man. Yeah. Okay. 90s uh, kids. 90s kids. So. All right. So, I, so I'll say this, like, you're basically like the business person in like Space Jam, not the antagonist, but the protagonist that worked with Michael Jordan in it. So like Michael Jordan has a passion for basketball. It's the same way, like for example, guys like Earl love fashion, love vintage and all that stuff. But you're one of like the people who are on the top 
like curating the operations. Yeah, the, I, happen. being able to put ex- the light exactly. On, like, and and uh, I think uh, I forgot to mention, but basically, to in a nutshell, I like to build businesses, and I, I yeah. really love bringing people together and uh, and make things work. So you know, in, uh, you know, hiring people that specialize in certain things, whether they're uh, customer service, uh, best customer service agent, or the other person's a really good photographer. And uh, I would, you know, make sure those mm-hmm. two people work together in order to create uh, a service and a business. And that's what I really enjoy bringing people together and seeing the progress and, you know, giving people awesome. jobs and things like that. Okay, so one thing that I didn't see on your uh, stories a couple of days ago, not on your personal story, but on the Vintage Depot Canada story, is that you showed the process of, like, how you guys take your pictures, how you guys do your measurements, how you guys get your models ready. Did you think that the the behind-the-scenes thing was a good step forward for you guys to make it more personal with yeah i don't it was uh i think a week and a half maybe two weeks ago uh when i made that long uh sort of sequence of story i think i was feeling really inspired and i think that some of the information i'd given it could help uh you know small to big resellers and um i don't know i just uh, you know at moments here and there i just have the urge to you know help people you know just give out good information you know without giving too much of course right and that's that's not me being selfish or being a yeah, bad person. It's just it, it's just my livelihood, and there's some things kept uh, sort of on the DL. But whatever I can, even Secret, with chit chats, yeah. like what whatever that is out of my my uh, control and something that other people can b- benefit without necessarily directly hurting my uh, revenue. I think that it's good, I, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, it's karma. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's definitely because you can't. Like, what's this? Uh, the exactly. magician can't show you the tricks, right? Other than he's not a magician no more. It's just like, you know, oh, sorry about that. It's, not my phone. Thing, can... but... it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's all right, man. Uh, so <laughs> just one last. What? It's already over. For <laughs> right you. I know so much. Like, of course, you're, obviously, you're going to come back and then hopefully one yeah, day I can sure. hop on yours. I don't know if you want to do in person or over the phone. But so we're gonna do some fun questions for you, you guys, so you guys get to know Dave even more. All right, so here we go. So it's basically like the game yep. that I think we played last time, but I think I'm gonna change it up a bit. So this is called uh, oh when boy, I'm gonna go. hurt someone's right. feeling. So I said, <laughs> all right, so you get. Four options that you have, and then you only get to pick three, and then one you can never okay, have sounds good. again. Okay, got it. So, did you watch like um, up yeah, not here really? and there? All right, so are you familiar with Nickelodeon, Disney, yeah, and, somewhat, like, somewhat, networking, all that sort of stuff? All right. So we're gonna do the first one. I'm gonna give you two games. So one's gotta go. You have Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and you have Disney Channel. Which ones are staying? I think the first one, one you said the Cartoon Network. 
Yeah, I like Nickelodeon. It has. Yeah. It's the one with uh, Arnold, right? Like Arnold. Okay. Yeah, hey Arnold. There's uh, yeah, hey Arnold. There's a bunch. Stuff, yeah. Get really, really good one. But yeah, the, the first one's got to go. I, I, I don't know. I don't really yeah. like, uh, the cartoon. Uh, uh cartoon. You know what? Like you know what? They're all three. They're <sighs> solid networks. But if I had to choose Cartoon Network. All right, that's fair. But like, you're gonna give up like, uh, what's it called, Johnny Bravo? And like, I didn't watch the Johnny Bravo actually. I. Uh, so, okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. It's the guy with the crazy hair, right? Like, it's like a shape, that's... like a triangle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Like, I think for me, it's a lot harder because I used to watch them so much. Whereas, like, I guess if you don't really like that style of cartoon, then you'll switch over to, like, Nickelodeon. And... Oh, Disney's, Disney uh, you know, classic, man. Too. Like, the... Sleeping Beauty, come on, man. The Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, you can't forget those guys. Man, Ariel, what's that Disney. movie? The Ariel. The... Oh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, Little but... Mermaid. Yo, the one thing that's actually funny before you go is, like, I've heard that a lot of Disney's, like, post, um, what's his name? Yeah. Post Walt, Walt Disney. A lot of it from, was written From Walt off. Disney. Yeah, no, like, I'll put it this way. So, for example, when Walt died, right? So, a lot of the movies that you've seen on there, so they had, like, the animal version of Robin Hood. You have the Jungle Book. You had, uh, what's it called? Um, like you said, Little Mermaid. A lot of those stories are not made by Disney, hmm. but they took it from somebody else. That... And then they copyrighted it so that, for the next 100 Bro, years, that's another set of conspiracy it. right there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's Bro. actually nuts. I didn't even know that. So I know that you're a huge foodie and all that stuff. So I'm going to okay. do Mexican okay. I know a little bit. now. All right? Oh, it's going to be a hard one. You ready? All right. So you have, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is hard, okay? So we got to... The three staples, I call them the Mexican uh, or American, Mexican, Canadian Trinity. So you have nachos, tacos, nachos, tacos burritos. Which burritos. ones stay? Which ones are Bro, staying? you're killing me here. Because nachos, you have them with your uh, friend see? over a beer at the bar, which is solid. Nachos, come on, man. You, exactly. you Oh, sorry. Bur um, tacos, you, you get the El Paso <laughs> hard shell taco, make it at home. It's so good with some <laughs> lettuce, onions, and, you know, exactly. diced tomatoes. And you got burrito when you're drunk, 2 a.m., you go to Burrito Boys. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Bro, man. Uh, I don't know. Let me just try to think here. <sighs> you know what? Nachos, man. Because, yeah, you know what? I can live nachos without gotta nachos. Go. Like, I can have some, some variation of that. Maybe just chips with dip or something, you know? Chips with the dip. Give me the chips with the dip. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Drake. <laughs> the chicks. Exactly, the dip, man. So blocking all that stuff, man. Right. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. When you put it like that, it makes more sense. All right, Dave, thank you for stopping by once again. It's been a yeah, pleasure. Yeah, man. Thank like you for always. having me again, man. Appreciate that. No problem. Before you go, plug your social medias, all the whole and yeah. all that. So, so um, I, might, I don't know if this is going to work, but I actually, while 
uh, Darius was talking, I searched my podcast. It's called Chatting with Dave. I don't know if you type it in somewhere that you'll see. But anyways, that that's my podcast. And, uh, okay. uh, you know, if you like vintage fashion, you know, check out the two businesses, businesses that I run uh, at Final Touch Vintage and at Vintage Depot Canada. And uh, ladies, if you're out there, follow my personal. No, no, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't yeah, expose yeah. you like that, bro. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy, Darius D. Signing off with my homie, Dave. And this is a swap experience. So, just chill. Just chill till the next episode.